0: Hey, you guys, we got to tell you about Brez Coffee Company. Made by gamers for gamers right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. No matter what your taste in coffee are, they got you covered.
1: You like light or medium roast? Try the Necro Medium, Holy Grail Light, or Stamina
0: Boost. I like the Icast cast Fireball mixed flavor, which is a fireball whiskey flavor. If you like dark roast, like I do, then try the Critical Dark or the cooslayer Slayer Mocha Roast.
1: Can't decide what you need for those all-night gaming sessions? Why don't you try one of their specialty sample packs?
0: All roasts are made with
1: fair trade Colombian beans. So stop buying that crappy coffee from the grocery store and head over to com. That's B-R-E-Z-C-O-F-F-E-E-C-O dot com and enter the code N-C-R at checkout for 10% off your order. Amazing! Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want extra episodes every month? Do you want ad-free versions of the show? Then you should sign up over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and you'll get your very own RSS feed to put into whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And you'll be first in line for all extra content. So head on over and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. And welcome to another edition of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins, and my name is Derek Diamond. How have you been
0: this week? Uh, well, I won't go into too many details, but there's been there's been some uh, some stuff going on with my uh, with my job, and that's that's all I'll say. But <laughs> other than that, um, actually had a very great relaxing weekend. Um. Didn't work all day on Friday, I think I took a half day. Um, the football game that I was supposed to work on Saturday wound up getting cancelled because the the team that was traveling in didn't have enough uh eligible players so i got uh I got Saturday off and awesome it didn't didn't do too much of anything just kind of decompressed just watched a few movies relaxed and it was it was nice
1: see that's what i I need i've had three days off this whole month if i don't decompress soon and then on my days off there's just always like the whole day is just taken up with like going places and doing things if i don't get a day off soon
0: there's gonna be hell to pay (laughs) like (laughs) it's gonna be bad it's gonna be bad it sounded like a like an old school wrestling promo. There's gonna be hell to pay. <laughs>
1: it's gonna be like WrestleMania up in here.
0: Exactly. <laughs> well, hopefully you get that soon. It sounds like you've been working my schedule, dude. It's been nuts, man. It's just the t- It's this time of the year. Like I just don't yep.
1: get any time to myself, and I hate it. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I haven't had time.
0: I, haven't, I don't have time to to do anything at this point. No, I, I totally feel your pain there. I did want to throw this out there that I actually found out the other day. So um, next weekend, Samantha and I are going to Orlando to go to Disney World. Awesome. For a couple of days. The So we're leaving Thursday morning, and that night we're going to a Harry Styles concert at the Amway Center. <laughs> the, the singer who's opening up for him is Jenny Lewis, who played Haley in The Wizard. Really?
1: Yes. Dude, you got to go go backstage and get her to sign your your DVD of The Wizard.
0: The, I was blown away because like Samantha was looking up who was going to be singing with him and she was like, hey, don't you like a movie called The Wizard? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> why? And then she showed me and I saw her picture and instantly I was like, holy crap, that's Haley. <laughs> that's freaking awesome. Yeah, I was like, small
1: world. Yeah. This is insane. If you haven't seen The Wizard, what are you doing with your life? Go if you're watching this show, you should have seen The Wizard by now.
0: And if you haven't, go watch it and then go back in the archives yes. and listen to it with our commentary.
1: Yeah, well, that was one of the first commentaries we did. Was for The Wizard. Wh-
0: which is one of the few shows that we've actually done in person.
1: Yep. We did it sitting right next to each other on the couch. <laughs> yeah. Watching that movie. That was awesome.
0: Yeah, no, that was fun.
1: Yeah. Well, we got a lot of news to get to tonight. You ready to get to it? I cannot wait to talk about this yes. first story. So this came from Forbes.com. Super Mario Brothers movie, Chris Pratt, Jack Black, Anya Taylor uh, Anya Taylor Joy lead star-studded cast. Uh, you ever wanted to hear Chris Pratt voice Nintendo's famous Italian plumber Mario? Nope, uh, that's my own commentary right there. Uh, <laughs> Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong? I'm okay with that. Or Jack Black as one of the most iconic video game villains of all time? That makes sense. Um, is he playing Wario or uh, L- Waluigi? I think he's playing Wario, isn't he? Oh, Jack Black? Yes. No, he, he's playing Bowser. <clears throat> oh, he's playing Bowser, that's right. I thought he was <clears throat> playing Wario. No, that that makes sense to me. Um, let's see, E, uh, the cast of the upcoming animated Super Mario Brothers movie is quite resplendent with popular talent. A star-studded cast, Chris Pratt, Anya Taylor-Joy, Seth Rogen, Jack Black are just a few, uh, and let's see, Chris Pratt will be playing Mario, Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia will play Luigi, Anya Taylor-Joy will play the princess herself, uh, and Keegan-Michael Key will play Toad. That's interesting. Uh, Jack Black, of course. Oh, here it is. As Bowser, Kevin Michael Richardson uh, will play Kamek. Sebastian Maniscalco, don't know who that is. Uh, we'll play Spike, and uh, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, and Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong. <laughs> I, that sounds exciting. Um, I, I, I was okay. Some of these are I'm, I'm okay with, but I don't get the whole Chris
0: Pratt as Mario. Like why? Why Chris Pratt of all people? So I have two thoughts on this. So I was very shocked at that one. The other ones, like I could even kind of picture Charlie Day. Like I didn't really have an issue with that. I don't have an issue really with any of these. The more I'm thinking about it, two things come to mind. So Shigeru Miyamoto has been very involved Uh with the making of the movie. So I feel like, if he has the faith in it, then I'm not as worried about it. And it's, it's Mario. It's going to be comical. It's going to be silly. let so let's, I, I wrote this. I think it was Randy Bailey who tagged us on Twitter. And I said, let's just get weird with it. Yeah. <laughs> why, like why? Honestly, why not? I mean, but I mean, I, I did, you know, most of these I can
1: see, but the Chris Pratt one is just head scratching. Like I don't, I don't, know what he would bring to the table as
0: mario I, I will wait to hear his voice before i cast judgment on it i i admit it's a little odd it doesn't say in this article but uh charles martinet who is actually the voice of mario in the games uh-huh. will have cameos throughout the movie in unspecified roles but they i'm glad they're putting him in it i not surprised that they didn't cast him as Mario because I knew they would go for a bigger name. But we'll see. It comes out holiday twenty twenty two, so we've got a while to wait. Yeah. I-, I loved what Wally posted on Twitter, the the meme of Squidward looking out the window, and it had SpongeBob and Patrick running around. It said Sonic fans when Idris Elba's <laughs> cast his knuckles. Yeah. Squidward is Mario fans hearing Chris yeah. Pratt's the voice in the movie or something like that.
1: Yeah, we got to- I, we got Touch Bluxy in the chat room. He said the Mario movie casting is insane. Like, I don't think it's. It really in- I mean, it, it's it's insane, but it, I like the I like the way they say here Seth Rogen and in parentheses is as recent critic of the Emmys. As his (laughs) descriptor, like everybody else gets, you know, Fred Armis in Portlandia, uh, you know, Kevin Michael Richardson, the distinctly deep voice like that's what he gets, the distinctly deep voice. Like, who wrote this article?
0: I have no idea. Honestly, the one I like the most, I think, is Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Like, I, I. I'm very okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh I mean uh, yeah, I I'm, I'm not going to pass judgment. I don't either way if it's good or bad. I just that kind of left me head scratching with Chris Pratt as Mario. I'm like I, I don't know until I hear it. Like it's, I don't know.
0: I wonder if they'll throw in characters like Wario and Waluigi.
1: I hope they do. I mean I don't see why they would I'm, or maybe they're waiting to save Wario maybe Donkey Kong is like uh, maybe I don't know I don't think Donkey Kong would be a uh, a bad guy in this universe I, I mean definitely Bowser's would be the big bad in the first movie but maybe Wario and Waluigi show up in the second
0: movie if there's going to be a sequel maybe they'll, they'll do what uh, the Sonic movie did when they introduced Tails maybe they'll do a mid credit scene that introduced Wario and Waluigi Maybe. You never know. Yeah, and,
1: but i And Touch Biloxi's talking about uh, the so- the Sonic movie. Uh, hope Knuckles doesn't have the British accent. He's always loves his deep voice as a character trait. I kind of hope he keeps the uh, Idris Elba keeps the the British accent for for
0: Knuckles. I hope so too. And I I will say this right now: Knuckles is going to be a very popular character. Yeah. As a result of that movie, because he he already has a cult following. Anyway, once he was introduced back in the '90s, I think Idris Elba is going to do great with that role, and I think Knuckles quite possibly might be the standout character. Yeah, I did I, I read a rumor a while back that he would get his own spinoff, and I was like, let's let's hold the brakes on any yeah. spinoffs until we <laughs> see how the sequel does.
1: I mean, let the so, sequel come, and then maybe do you know TV shows or, or something. You know, like HBO Max or something, or, you know.
0: Yeah, there, there's so many. I mean, they can make at least four or five sequels from the Sonic movie with just the storylines they could do with Knuckles, uh, with Metal Sonic, with Death Egg. Um, you, And you got the more recent games from the Dreamcast. So there, there's a lot that they could do. Uh, I, touch Biloxi, Mel Gibson for Wario. Yes,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm down for that. I'm,
0: I, I would totally be okay with that. I would probably geek out a little bit. <laughs> uh, that would be great. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have uh, from CNET.com Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis games are coming to the Nintendo Switch online service. Hallelujah. <laughs> After a week in which rumors swirled about Nintendo bringing, depending on the report, Game Boy games, Game Boy Color, or N64 games, uh, they finally announced that N64 games are coming at Thursday's Nintendo Direct because, of course, they would play a Direct the day day after after. we do the show. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. uh, They're also bringing Sega Genesis games, which will be added late October. You'll also be able to get a controller, a Sega Genesis and an N64 controller, if you prefer to play with those. Mm-hmm. On the N64, now I think both lineups for these systems are very good. Yeah.
1: Although on with N64, the Genesis one, I mean, I already have all these on the the mini. The, so. Yeah.
0: If you if you don't have the mini, then you're you're good. Yeah. But uh, some of the games, I won't list all of them, but on N64, we have Mario 64, Mario Kart, Star Fox. Zelda Ocarina of Time, Mario Tennis. It's not on here, but the big one is Banjo-Kazooie.
1: Yeah, I heard about that. Because
0: it's, I mean, I think that could be hopefully the start of something. (laughs) I mean, I, I feel like they have to because it's one of the most iconic games from that system. Yeah. And I've said it ad nauseum. I think it's the perfect 3D platformer. I actually think it's a better game than Mario 64. Mario 64 is important because it laid the foundation. Yeah. But Banjo-Kazooie built on that and in tenfold, in my opinion. But um, Sega Genesis, we've got Castlevania Bloodlines, Contra Hardcore, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Echo the Dolphin, uh, Shinobi 3, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Phantasy Star 4, Streets of Rage, Strider, and quite a few more. So... Not a not a terrible lineup, mm-hmm. I will say that it gives me a reason to play Ocarina of Time again. So, what what do you what do you think of the lineup and and do you think that going N sixty four and Genesis was the right call?
1: Yeah, I think so because uh, I don't think they're gonna do an N sixty four mini. I I just don't think that's in the cards. I think it's a good idea too that they do the controllers like they're gonna do. They're coming out with a uh, Nintendo sixty four controller. For the Switch and a Genesis controller. But what I don't understand is why they're doing the Genesis 3 button controller instead of the 6. That was the later versions and the much better controller, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I I noticed that too. And that kind of had me scratching my head a little bit.
1: Um, I don't know, uh, Touch Biloxi. I don't, I'm not sure if Kirby and the Crystal Shards is on there. That it's not on the list. So, have you heard of Kirby and the
0: Crystal Shards? I have. Yeah, I've never played it, but I know of it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I, I didn't get into Kirby until recently, so all those Kirby games, I don't I don't know any of them. Um, but did yeah. you see the the tweet I did after this was released the other day? I retweeted this from the Nintendo account, and I said, "Well, well, well, Sega. I guess Nintendo does." <laughs> yeah, I did see that. <laughs>
0: I was like, uh, I see what you did there.
1: Isn't that weird, though? I mean, go back to 1992 and say, hey, guess what? Sega stuff is going to be on Nintendo now.
0: I still remember when Sonic Adventure 2 was released, or it was ported to the GameCube, and it was just so weird playing yeah. a Sonic game on a Nintendo system. And then they did the... The Mario and Sonic at the um, at the Olympic Games series, so they're both like physically together. It's just like this, this is weird. Like the the nineteen ninety two, like how old was I in ninety two? I was six, Mm -hmm. six or seven. He would have been like, no freaking way. Yeah, and you know the, the the
1: Genesis part. I mean, if I didn't have a mini. This would be way more exciting to me, but I have all this stuff on the Mini already. So that doesn't really do it for me. But, uh, you know, there are, they are going to raise the price of the Nintendo Online service. I don't think it's going to be much. It's probably going to be like five bucks, if
0: that. I think so. It's not much. Yeah, it's so. already
1: only $20 a year. So if you can't bump up another five bucks, then, you know, what are you
0: doing? Yeah, and I'm I'm hopeful that there will be more. I mean, if they're smart, they'll add more games to NES, SNES, and N64 and Genesis uh, around the holidays.
1: Uh, and the Ma- next story- maybe they'll maybe oh, they'll onto. put Earthbound out. Yeah, well, that's actually I heard about that today. Might be in the works. That's kind of a rumor floating around uh, the Nintendo Sphere. So we might actually get it soon. Um, For the next story, this is, uh, I think this is from Armez Jackson, our good buddy Armez Jackson, who sent this to us at our email address, nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. This is from kontaku.com. Almost 500 new Xbox and Dreamcast prototypes just got released. Project Deluge, a video game archival project from the Hidden Palace, may be the single biggest game preservation effort yet undertaken. Since March, this dedicated group of video game archivists has been releasing many hundreds of unreleased prototypes for classic systems, and now is the Dreamcast and Xbox's turn. They publicly launched in March of 2021 as an archival project dedicated to documenting and uploading never-before-released game ROMs from the massive catalog of one extremely dedicated collector. This includes prototypes, early press copies, mid-localization builds, and perhaps most exciting, entire unreleased games. Um, let's see. Did they have a list on here? Um, they did have um 135 Dreamcast prototypes. Um they had uh, notable games from the Dreamcast dump include uh prototype builds of Ill Bleed and Tony Hawk Pro Skater, uh and a version of Sega GT with Luigi in it. That's kind of weird. Yeah, um, it is weird. Also, they have uh, Soul Calibur Crazy Taxi Legacy of Cain, Soul Weaver, um, Time Stalkers, and the project's Xbox ROM release is much larger, includes 349 games, none of which were made uh, for um, whatever, the, uh, that's a typo. Um, let's see, a handful examples, it doesn't really give any examples of the Xbox ones, but... Um, there's an earliest known Psychonauts preview build uh, and a Jet Set Radio Future prototype, so that's kind of cool. I don't know if you ever played those for the original Xbox.
0: hmm Yeah, I remember Jet Grind Radio, Soul Calibur, uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I, I will say this, uh, looking at the-, the graphic that's at the top of the article, just seeing that old Xbox controller makes me angry. I hated yeah. that controller. Hated that controller, but... This is cool, though. I mean, I feel like this is you know happening more and more frequently, finding whether it's old games that have been stashed away for 20-something years, mm-hmm. or prototypes, or even new games. How do they have
1: 349 games that were uh, never released? That's a that's lot free- of games that got
0: canceled. That's freaking nuts. That's like, crazy. that's more than some systems even have games, period. I know, that's... I think that's actually more than the N64 library. If not, it's got to be close. It's pretty close. That's, uh, yeah, it's it's insane. It's really cool, though. Uh, let's see. Our next story comes to us from nintendolife.com. Uh, it's a review of the ActRaiser Renaissance, which is the uh, remaster, right? Yeah, it's a remaster of the original uh, ActRaiser
1: that was released. It was actually a launch title for the Super Nintendo. Uh, I did yep. do a playthrough and a review of it uh, a while back. And This is a really fun game. It, uh, it's a mix of not only like a side scroller kind of action rpg but it's also like a city sim build sim city builder and mm-hmm. kind of like this whole god aspect of it where, where you're like trying to get um these people to believe in you because the more they believe in you the p- better your like the, the higher power you get throughout the game and of course you got like six continents you have to take care of and apparently um, you can actually go through Act Razor pretty quick. Um, maybe just a couple of hours, but from what I hear, this version of it is uh way longer, like around eighteen hours to finish this game.
0: Oh wow. The graphics look great. And they did a really good job with how the game looks. And I remember when you reviewed this game, it was not at all what I thought it would be. You know, I uh-huh. saw Screen caps and a very little gameplay. I like I knew of the game but didn't know that much about it. So, hearing you talk about it, you really kind of piqued my curiosity because I was like, I thought this was something way different. Yeah, it said uh, the meaningful changes
1: implemented uh, in this version uh, pale in comparison to the overhaul that Sonic Powered has engineered in the strategy portion. Of the game, while the core mechanics are the same as they were back in 1990, you still rely heavily on miracles like lightning and sunshine to change the terrain and make it habitable for your people. For example, the scope of these segments has been expanded dramatically, so that each region offers at least two hours of gameplay, which is a massive step up from the SNES version. Like I said, you could do those sections of the game, you know, in roughly. 20, 30 minutes or so to, like, build your, you know, take care of your villages and build them up and everything, which I found to be kind of the fun part of that game. And what I wish, it sounds like they've really beefed it up for this, but what I really was wanting from that game was a way beefier kind of Sim, almost uh, Sid Meier's Civilization-style you know, kind of building up your cities and stuff, but I think it just might be too much. It was definitely like a challenge at the time like nothing like that had ever been done before where you had two different game types like you had the side scrolling uh, you know, 2D action RPG, but then you had that big sim, you know, overhead sim builder thing where you had to, you know, build up the cities and everything and it kind of was a jack-of-all-trades but master of none. And I wish that, you know, With I hope that with this version that they really beefed those those parts of the games up because that's what I found interesting about the game.
0: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.
1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb dot com slash host.
0: Well, it says here to do like a summary of the review, it says the updated graphical style and jerky scrolling doesn't make a great first impression. And there may be some who feel the tower defense sections are given too much screen time. It's ultimately a successful attempt at updating a solid gold classic from yesteryear. Rarely are two totally different gameplay styles fused this effectively, and the enhancements introduced by developer Sonic Powered really do improve things. Combat in the action sections is more fun, while the god-sim portions of the game are lent increased depth thanks to the thoughtful gameplay upgrades. They gave it an 8 out of 10. Yeah. So uh, I I think that's pretty good. And,
1: you know, the original soundtrack was... Fantastic. Do you remember when I played you a part of the the soundtrack that sounded almost like Star Wars? Like yeah. had a very Star Wars kind of it was very reminiscent of Star Wars. Well, they have a new um, you know, they arranged it for the new game with like an actual orchestra, but you can play that or you could play the original SNES soundtrack with the game, which is awesome because that soundtrack is great.
0: Yeah, I love that they have that option, too.
1: And this is definitely going to be a pickup for me after I play Metroid Dread. It's just a little too close to Metroid Dread for me to want to jump into this, but I'm definitely going to get this when I'm done with Metroid Dread because I'm very interested to see what an updated version of Actra- Actraiser is because that's the one thing I wanted when I was playing the game. It was like, this is a great game. I just wish it was updated.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh,
1: and this next story comes from... Uh, I am the Rampage, who sent this to us in our uh, email. Uh, this is from comicbook.com. Metroid Prime 1 remaster reportedly releasing next year. A reliable Nintendo insider has indicated that a remaster of the original Metroid Prime may may release at some point in 2022 on the Switch Although rumors and reports have been swirling for years at this point when it comes to a remastered collection, it now sounds as though Nintendo might just opt to bring back the first entry in the series for the time being. Um, Let's see, the new report regarding a remaster comes by way of one Emily Rogers, who has had reliable information when it comes to Nintendo in the past. Recently on social media, she said that she has previously heard that Nintendo is currently planning to remaster the first Metroid Prime game and release it on Switch in 2022 as a way of celebrating the game's 20th anniversary. She went on to say that there's also a possibility that the full trilogy does end up coming to Switch next year, but based on what she's heard, she thinks a lone remaster of Metroid Prime is on its way. I'm okay with that, even with just the first one. I'm down. I want a remaster of that
0: game so bad. Well, and it's to me the best of that trilogy and the sequels weren't bad Yeah. but there's just something about that original Metroid Prime and speaking of that to coincide with the release of Metroid Dread I'm going to be reviewing Metroid Prime next week awesome
1: I'm ready for that
0: yeah I've I started playing it and I'm having so much fun with it so I can't wait to talk about it
1: but what this also tells me too is that they're still not ready for Metroid Prime 4 In 2022, so it looks like they're doing this as a filler in between Dread and Metroid Prime 4. So what better way than to re-release the remasters of 1 through 3 in 2022 and then hit us in spring of 2023 with Metroid Prime 4.
0: I like that time frame. Yeah. So if you're a
1: Metroid fan, I think we're going to be happy over the next year. Year you know, in th- two years, I think.
0: I think so too. At least I hope so.
1: I'm ready for. I'm just ready for Metroid. That's all. I. As soon as Dread hits, you're not going to hear from me for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> May take a week off from the show. Like, can't do the show. I'm playing.
0: <laughs> or do the show while you're playing. Yeah, we could do that. That, that that'd be interesting <laughs> to see. Um, before we go into our uh, review for tonight, Derek has shout outs. Yes, as always, we'd like to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out Axblade07, Daniel Salmon, John Jekyll, a.k.a. Mixmaster, Hand Solo, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Tyler Watson, Brandon Rutledge, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Randy Bailey, Joey Image, and Ron Johnson. Thank you all so much for your continued support, and because you have kept us at the 50 dollar level we continue to do fun commentary tracks that you vote on much like clue that derek won two message. months in a row now <laughs> i won so much that we're doing something different next month <laughs> <laughs> but no uh, clue was a lot of fun to to go back and watch and you know to, to talk about it with you guys while watching it was was a lot of fun to do. So that's it's a that's fun up on the Patreon watch, feed it, right now.
1: It's a lot of us just laughing because we we all three love that movie.
0: Pretty much any time Tim Curry pops on screen, we yeah. start laughing. He's <laughs> he's just that funny. But now that's up on the Patreon feed, and if you want to be a part of our awesome community, just head over to patreon.com slash retro And for new patrons, if you want to just send us your social media info, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, so we can give you a proper shout-out.
1: Awesome. And tonight, I am talking about... Double Dragon is a beat-em-up video game series initially developed by Technos Japan and released as an arcade game in 1987. The series features twin martial artists Billy and Jimmy Lee, or in the Nintendo version, Bimmy and Jimmy Lee, as they fight against various adversaries and rivals. Due to the popularity of the game series, a 1993 animated series and a 1994 live-action film adaptation were produced, those were widely panned by critics, audiences, and a commentary track by Nerd Cave Retro, which I just threw that in there. <laughs> so yeah, we did a commentary track of that movie. Not good, but fun watch. Um I didn't know what I was gonna do this week after last week's show. I was like, man, I want to go back and do something old. So broke out the switch, you know, the the NES Online on the Switch and was looking through there. I was like, you know, I, don't, I think I might do SCAT. So I started playing that for a little bit. Not really my style of game. It's a, it's like a on-rails kind of side-scrolling shooter, which I wasn't really expecting. I was like, this ain't really my style of game. So I was looking through there, and I saw Double Dragon 2. And I was like, huh. You know, I was like, ah, I really like Double Dragon 2. Maybe I should do that. So I looked back through our archives, and to my dismay, and... I'm so ashamed of myself that I've not reviewed Double Dragon for the NES. How that slipped by me, I I don't know.
0: I was shocked when you told me that because honestly, I just assumed yeah. that it was you know something we did within the first six months of the show. I know. And when you told me I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, no, I, I could have swore you <laughs> did, and then I looked back in the archives and I was like, holy crap, it's not there.
1: Yeah. It's not there. I, I searched everywhere just to make sure. No Double Dragon to be found, except for Battletoads and Double Dragon that I reviewed for the SNES. How Double Dragon has slipped beyond my grasp was so weird to me, because this is one of the quintessential NES games. Like, how did I not do this game before? So I started playing it on the Switch. <clears throat> of course, I, I already, I still have my original copy that I got as a kid for the Nintendo, but I was playing it on the Switch. I'm not a big fan of where the button placements are they put on the the Nintendo Switch. Like, it's not in the normal spots where you would think they would be. I need to go and switch that around. I don't know. They they do weird stuff like that sometimes. Yeah, it's I don't I don't get that. Um, see, the original arcade game was released in 1987, and the game engine was based off of an earlier fighting game called Renegade um, and then Double Dragon came out and everybody forgot about Renegade because the arcade version of Double Dragon is just fantastic. Like I think it's actually on the uh, arcade um, archives on the Switch. I think you can get the actual arcade version um, yes, Touch Biloxi, River City Ransom is the best side-scrolling NES fighter of all time. But we're not talking about River City Ransom. River City Ransom came after Double Dragon. River City Ransom is basically the who, the guys who like they played Double Dragon. It was like, okay, we can make this better, <laughs> and then they made River City Ransom. Um yeah, it was it was ported to the NES in 1988, followed by a Game Boy version in 1990. Actually, this is one of my very first um, memories. Like, you have ever have a memory that's so vivid for a certain thing in your childhood. Like, it's a weird memory because I, I remember my grandma. My grandmother took me somewhere, like to to this party somewhere. Uh, I guess it must have been a family party or something. You ever have those cousins in your life that you only see like once and then you never see again or you see them occasionally at like Thanksgiving or something like very distant relatives. Yeah. Anyway, we go to this party and there's these kids there and they're in this kid's room and he's got a Nintendo. So they introduced me to these kids and we proceeded to play Double Dragon on the Nintendo for hours while this you know adult party is is going on uh barbecue or whatever. And I just remember sitting in this kid's room. I remember everything about his room. I remember the 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 TV playing Double Dragon. Uh you know, just like I remember this, but everything else about that memory is just I don't have any recollection of it. Like I don't remember what this house looked like, where we were, but this room, this kid's room playing Double Dragon is like seared in my brain. And that's why then Double Dragon was new. When this happened, like it was like the fresh Nintendo game that everybody was playing. Everybody had to have. So when I got my Nintendo in 1988, uh, May of 1988 for my birthday, um, that Christmas, my grandparents got me Double Dragon for the NES. And I was I was a happy boy when I got Double Dragon. I still have it to this day, that copy of Double Dragon now. Oh, go ahead.
0: Oh no, I was just going to say it's funny you say that because I have a, a similar memory and I, I won't get too detailed into it because it's kind of off subject, but my memory with playing The Legend of Zelda is very similar, whereas like I, it's just so vivid in yeah. my mind. So I, I get what you're saying. But yeah, and the
1: thing about this Double Dragon, the NES version, it was so good when I was a kid. Like, I loved playing this game. Now, keep in mind... I have not beaten this game ever in my life. And I was actually thinking the other night, you know, like I just in the past few years, I've beaten all the games that I can never beat as a kid. I beat Castlevania, beating uh, Ninja Gaiden, like all these games that I've beaten the, in, the, in the last few years. I think I'm going to try to beat Double Dragon. It's going to be rough, but I think I can do it. And I was playing it the other night and I can only get to like uh, Mission 3. Like, man, this game is hard. And it's cool because when you're playing the game, of course the arcade version is always going to be better, but I love the NES version of this game. Um, As you go through the game, you start off, you you can work yourself up to, like, you have a point system in the game. You go through and defeat, uh, you know, your minions, and you get to your bosses and things like that. And the higher your score gets, the more hearts you get, and the more hearts you get, the you get special moves. Uh like when you get your second heart, you can uh grab somebody's hair and and kick you know, like kick them with your knee. Uh and you get up to the fourth heart. Um you can do uh a side jumping sidekicks, which come in very handy for when you have to fight a bobo who is like three times your size and takes like a million hits to take him down. That's one of my kind of hang-ups with this game. Is some of the enemies take a little too many punches to take down. Like I wish they, that they would have given you different game modes to play, like easy, easy, normal, and hard. Like I would definitely play this game on easy because some of the enemies are take way too many hits to try and kill. Especially a Bobo, that big bastard takes like a thousand hits to take him down.
0: That sounds obnoxious. Yeah, <laughs>
1: but it's <laughs> it's a fun game though, and yeah. Uh, but I like the NES version. Like, people now kind of poo poo it and don't and talk bad about it. Like, I get it. It's it's not a great side scrolling beat em up. Like, and like Touch Biloxi said, yes, River City Ransom is a much better uh, side scrolling beat em up for the NES. They got better with it when, you know, Double Dragon 2. Double Dragon 2 is a much better game. <clears throat> than Double Dragon One, but there's just something about that original Double Dragon game, even with the typos like Bimmy and Jimmy, you know, like there was a bit of what they call English going on back then, where they just had a, a hard time, uh, you know, translating some some of that uh, kanji to English, and especially in Castlevania 2, which why that game was so hard because they couldn't fit like what was supposed to be said in English in those little boxes so and that's why the clues weren't that great in the game but with double dragon it's a, it's a, a it's a good two player game too which i played two player a lot when i was a kid this is one of those games that if i did a sleepover somewhere it was a game that if they didn't have it i brought brought it with me or, you know, I would have you know friends come over and stay the night or stay the weekend. This is the game we would play because this was a two-player beat-em-up. You couldn't get any better than that. Two-player beat-em-up on the Nintendo. One of the first games to really do that and do a good job with it. Even though this game is... The controls are kind of sloppy, which makes it harder than it needs to be. But I can forgive it because, I don't know, I guess it must just be the nostalgia talking, but... I like this game a lot, even though it does have its problems. But they did perfect it by the time they got to Double Dragon 2.
0: Well, I also think you kind of alluded to it when you first started your review. It is one of those staples in Nintendo that when you think of the early days of the NES, Double Dragon is one of those games that yet does it have its flaws, but... I mean, all of them do, like Mario Brothers is far from a perfect game, yeah, Legend of Zelda isn't perfect, Metroid's not perfect, so there there there's all those games had their flaws, but they were all important to the launch point of Nintendo, and I would throw Double Dragon in that same category, yeah, and all the different um you know the the different enemies that you come across, like
1: you're going up against the uh, the Black Warrior gang. And, you know, they beat up your girlfriend basically at the beginning of the the game. For some reason you've locked your girlfriend's outside of your uh your garage or whatever you're doing. They walk up, punch her in the stomach and take her off and you know, off to the races you're going after your girlfriend taken style. Um you know, and you and you're going through New York City and you're going up against um I can't i really don't know the names of these so I'm trying to look them up of course there's a bobo everybody knows who a bobo is he's the giant bald headed guy that you know is kind of your your mini boss you have uh thugs williams and R- roper uh, there's a dominatrix named Linda um let's see chin to uh tame uh he's the purple guy with the purple hair and the purple pants he's a pretty good uh he's the boss of level one. So it, you got a lot of variety in your your different um, people that you're going up against in the game. It's not like you know you're going up against the same enemy over and over again. And like I said, some enemies take you know two or three hits to take down, but then you come across somebody uh, like a Bobo or Chin, and they take like twenty hits to take down. It's like come on, guys, like give me give me a cheat code here or something.
0: Yeah, it's. I'm trying to remember the last time I even played Double Dragon. It's been, it's been a bit. Like I, I might have played it once or twice on the NES, but I, I still recognize it, its place in video game history. <laughs> Touchplex says, "Dama, what now?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, she's a dominatrix. She comes out. She has a whip, and you punch her in the face, and you take the whip from her, and then you've got a whip. That that'll take people down for the next few minutes.
0: Yeah, I was going to throw that out there too. The, what better name for a dominatrix character than Linda? Linda. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: you know, this game is—it's uh, got its flaws, definitely. But like you said, it's one of those games that if you're a Nintendo collector, it has to be in your collection because yes, when when you say Nintendo. This is one of the first games that really pops in my head. You know, you've got Castlevania, Zelda, Super Mario Brothers, Double Dragon. It was one of those games that it was so freaking huge when it came out. And if you weren't alive at the time, I don't think you can understand the weight that Double Dragon had. Like, if you had a Nintendo in 1988-89, you had to have Double Dragon. Like, that was the game you asked for. For Christmas or your birthday or whatever. Like you just begged for that game because everybody had it. Everybody loved playing it. And yeah, it's a little rough around the edges, but it's still it's a fun game to play, even though it's really frustrating. But it's that it's that Nintendo, it's it's Nintendo as hell. Like this game is just it's Nintendo. It's the NES. It's what we were doing at the time
0: has that Nintendo magic.
1: Yeah, it's not the it's not it's not the, the a perfect game, you know, they they really started to to perfect that. It's an early side scrolling beat em up. It's a very early it's one of the very early side scrolling beat em ups that, you know, by the time we got to Streets of Rage and Final Fight, we had perfected it by that time. Plus you had stronger hardware. You know, you had the Super Nintendo, you had the Sega Genesis, that you could have these big sprites on the screen, and you could have all these different enemies without having the slowdown. And that's a lot of people's problem with Double Dragon is you start to get a lot of enemies on the screen, it suffers from a huge, it suffers from a lot of slowdown, like huge slowdown uh, in the game because the just uh, the chip in the NES just kind of can't handle that many. Enemies on the screen at the same time—you can't fault it. Um, and I, you know, we really wish they would have done a remake for the Super Nintendo, like actually do a port of the arcade game to the Super Nintendo. They could have done that, but they didn't. And they I, I'm not have. really sure why, especially when they had, you know, Final Fight. Like I, you know, Final Fight was a launch title for the Super Nintendo. I think if they would have put out, maybe not a it. it probably shouldn't have been a launch title but if they would have put out double dragon you know the arcade version on the super nintendo it would have been huge i guarantee it oh i agree i definitely agree but yeah um it, it definitely has its place in uh, the, you know the 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 legend that is the the nes like it's definitely it's not one of the best games it's not one of the worst games, but it's definitely one of those games that, and if you're gonna have a definitive Nintendo collection, this has to be in that collection because this was such an important game in the side-scrolling beat 'em up genre. Yes, it was very early. the 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 controls are clunky. It takes way too many hits to take down enemies. But if we didn't have Double Dragon, we wouldn't have gone on to things like you know Streets of Rage and Final Fight and all those side scrolling beat em ups that are just legendary. This game kind of started it that that genre, even though it was kind of based off another game. You know, like I said, it was based off the Renegade engine, but it kind of did better than Renegade. Like, but you know, Double Dragon was that game that came along and said, this is gonna be the new thing. Like we're gonna do beat 'em ups from now on.
0: It took that genre to the next level. Exactly. That it needed to go
1: to. Yeah, because before that, it was a lot of. Um. There were your fighting games. You know, you had games like Kung Fu, which was a uh, early kind of side. I guess you call Kung Fu a side scroller, but then you take that and then you make it better with Double Dragon which is still rough around the edges, but then it just kind of kept growing from there. So it's a very important game for the NES. I think you should definitely have it in your collection. And I I don't really want to give it a score because, like I said, I've never beaten it for the NES. But just for what it is and the importance that it had and the nostalgia for it, I still think it's one of the most badass, you know, uh, cover arts for a, a Nintendo game, you know, that big red cover with the two two brothers' arm, you know, muscles and kung fu and, and weapons. Like, it just, when, you, when you're 10 years old, that's everything. So I got to give it a solid seven. Like, it's not great. It's not bad. It's just, it's kind of right in the pocket there. I think
0: seven's right. <clears throat> I agree with that.
1: But yeah, if it, I think you should definitely go back and play it on the the NES online. Um, I would definitely suggest rerouting the buttons to, to make it a little more comfortable to play. Yeah. But uh, But yeah, I still like playing this for my original Nintendo. And this might be the next game I'm going to try to beat. So if you like to watch me badly play 8-bit games on Twitch, I might be doing that soon to try and actually beat this game. And I looked it up. There's no cheat codes for this game. There's glitches. There's no cheat codes for this game. So it's like, it's all or nothing.
0: This could be your next white whale.
1: I hope so. <laughs> I think I can do it, though.
0: Yeah, I have all the faith.
1: Definitely going to have some Nintendo thumb. I toughened up my thumb with Agalos, you know, a couple <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, I got my new controller, my new um, uh, left controller. Um, for the the Switch because my uh, left thumbstick was starting to drift and my buttons were starting to not get kind of sticky too. So I ordered this um, the left Switch controller, which was a Zelda-themed controller. You can't use it. It's not Bluetooth-enabled. You can only use it in handheld mode, but it actually has a D-pad on it, like the original uh, NES pad. So started playing it yesterday. I was like, oh, it feels so good to play an actual D-pad on here. I highly recommend it if you if you want to get one of those.
0: I need to because my my joystick is starting to drift really mm-hmm. badly. So
1: And it's only twenty five bucks oh. on Amazon. So if you type in left joy-con for the Switch Zelda theme, this should be the first thing that pops up.
0: Yeah, because I started playing Skyward Sword again and I'm in the I believe it's the Earth Temple. Mm-hmm. And if as soon as I stop moving and I take my thumb off the joystick, Link just
1: yep. That's what happens to, to mine. Like I I would be in the home screen for the the Switch and it would just cycle through everything real quick. I'm yep. like, "Stop." So, yep. yep, time for a new controller. Yep, it's on my list. But yeah, that's uh that's Double Dragon and uh I'm probably going to review Double Dragon 2. Um maybe Maybe November, December, somewhere around there, coming up this next month. It's Halloween. It's spooky game time. So I'm going to review a new game I got uh, for the Switch, but I don't remember the name. It's a Halloween-themed game. It's uh, an 8-bit inspired. Looks just like an NES game. It kind of plays like River City Ransom. I played a little bit of it, and uh, I'm going to review that for my next review.
0: Nice. Looking forward to it. I've got to figure out what I'm going to review for. Uh, a spooky game after I do Metroid Prime I am going to do some
1: Castlevania runs this month since I know how to beat it now I'm going to stream some runs of Castlevania and see how fast I can actually beat it and hopefully the next time they do a a Castlevania speedrun contest I'll be able to actually defeat Dracula this time maybe so so cool what'd you say you were going to review next week again Metroid Prime. Oh, yeah. Metroid Prime. Awesome. It's Metroid month, everybody. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, so let's go ahead and start wrapping
0: this up. What you got um, on the docket for the Derek Diamond experience? Yeah. So for this week, I list my top five 90s Nickelodeon cartoons, as well as those who uh, submitted their list. <laughs> I had one. Uh, yeah, one through five. So yours is yours was very easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also uh, interview uh, writer and script consultant Howard Kasner, which also, um, so my show will be out Thursday on Friday. I appear on his podcast called the Pop Art Podcast, which has a pretty cool, has a pretty cool concept to it. So uh, his guests pick a, a mainstream slash pop culture film to talk about, and then he picks one that's on more of the independent, you know, artistic side, But has a similar theme and story to it, so I picked *The Empire Strikes Back*. Awesome! And and he picked uh, *The Battle of Algiers*, which is an Italian film and also influenced um, a lot of modern filmmakers, including Christopher Nolan. So, um, it's a really is actually a very good movie. It's on, I believe, HBO Max. If you have that, so we talk about both those movies and the similarities between the two so that'll be out i believe on friday so just search uh pop art podcast with howard kasner and uh, you'll get to hear me rant about star wars awesome
1: um for open micers last week we talked to thomas mccormick who is one half of the rushmore podcast Uh, so if you want to go check that out and we just earlier tonight talked to Uh, Comedian Jeremy Lambert, and that will be out on Friday. So if you want to go check out the Open Micers podcast, it's at Open Micers on Twitter, Instagram, and Open Micers Podcast on Facebook. And Derek, I think we're about done here tonight. What do you say? I think we're good. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro and individually at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. Go pick up some merch at ncrmerch.com. There's been sales going on all month long, and I think there's going to be sales coming up all this next month. So you can go get all kind of cool stuff over there. Computer bags. Uh, face masks, shirts, whatever you need, go check it out. ncrmerch.com And if you'd like to give us some money every month, patreon.com slash retro. If you keep us above that $50 level, we will keep doing the commentary tracks every single month, like the one we did for this month, which was the movie Clue. And if you can't do that, can't support us monetarily, leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are sold. So Derek, please, tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero
0: to the Triforce. Yes. Ah!
1: Oh, a fellow Chucker, eh? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more.